Hello and welcome to the Poetry Exchange. I'm Michael Schaefer. And I'm Fiona Bennett. We've each got a cup of tea and some Jaffa cakes and we've got a big, fat, famous poem for you this month. It's one we've had before. It's The Lake Isle of Innisfree by W.B. Yeats. And Fee, you were saying to me before we pressed record how interesting it is to have two different takes on the same poem. Yes, it absolutely is. I mean, that's always the case, that it's so interesting to hear what the particular connection that our visitor has to the poem that they bring. And in the case of a big, fat, famous poem, it's kind of even more so, because you think, gosh, what is somebody going to make of this? When we were actually holding the exchange, you know, there's that moment when somebody comes in and you say, oh, have you brought your friend with you? And they say yes. And you say, have you got, have you got a copy for us to look at? And they pass it over. And you think, oh, it's, you know, because of course it's a big, fat, famous poem. So you think, oh, it's the Lake Isle of Innisfree. And some part of you, I have to confess, sort of thinks, well, I I sort of know what's going to happen. I know this one. Yeah, yeah. And then, then, suddenly the poem is returned to you Mm. with a whole new, fresh and unique understanding which is very much what happened on this occasion. So before we get into the episode, I just want to quickly say for everyone that's been uh, tweeting recently and sharing the episode, just a big thank you. It really helps us. And if you could leave us a review on iTunes and a rating, all of that stuff really helps as well. You'll be hearing myself and Al talking about The Lake Isle of Innisfree by William Butler Yeats. The poem that's been a friend to Tom. So, have you brought a poem that's been a friend to you, Tom? So I have, yeah. Uh-huh. Lovely, uh-huh. thank you. Oh, wow. Tom, would you mind reading it for us? Just so that we can, we can just hear it in the room. The Lake Isle of Innisfree. I will arise and go now and go to Innisfree and a small cabin built there of clay and wattles made. Nine bean rows will I have there, a hive for the honey bee and live alone in the bee loud glade. And I shall have some peace there for peace comes dropping slow, dropping from the veils of the morning to where the cricket sings. There midnight's all a glimmer and noon a purple glow, and evening full of the linnet's wings. I will arise and go now, for always night and day, I hear lake water lapping with low sounds by the shore, while I stand on the roadway, or on the pavement's grey, I hear it in the deep heart's core. We all went there, didn't we? <laughs> I think we all went there. That was just lovely. So, Tom, could you tell us when you first met this friend of yours? Yeah, um, it was fairly recently, actually. Um, I'm Irish, obviously, and Yeats, you know, probably one of Ireland's most well-known poets. Mm. So Yeats was in, like, probably my life for as long as I can remember. And I have actually remember as a kid going to visit Yeats' grave 
And we have photos actually of us kind of stood there. And as he wrote this famous poem called Under the Shadow of Ben Bulbin about a year before he died. And he is buried there. But, and I, I'm pretty sure, pretty sure I studied Yeats in school, but I, I, wasn't, I was very disengaged from school. So I, I, I'm pretty, Yeats is on the curriculum and I'm sure I studied him, but I don't really remember. Because at the time it would have been very boring to me. I was just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. So, but, but actually, was, I just, as I was preparing for this, I started thinking, so when, when did I discover this poem? And it was, it was Easter two years ago. I was on holidays with the girl I was going out with at the time, Lisa. And we were on the west coast of Ireland. And uh, we were in this B&B and um, she, she's, she was into poetry. She's into poetry. And somehow she had a book of Yeats or some poems with her anyway. And she, she was like, oh, she, somehow, I forget how the conversation came out. She was like, are you familiar with this poem? And I said, like, no, no, not really. So she, she, she was like, do you want to hear it? And I was like, oh, yeah, that'd be, yeah, that'd be lovely. So she read it. And I, I was just like, I just, I just, there was something so beautiful in it. And I just ended up in tears. It just really moved me. I was like, what? I was like, what? <laughs> so we read it a few times. And, um, and I, I couldn't explain why. Because, like... Yeah, but it just really touched, you know, something in the deep heart's core. I really felt it. Mm. Um, so that was my introduction to it. And, and a bit of me was like, God, wow. So this, this poem's probably been in my life, maybe not consciously, but it's been there. And I've, I always thought of Yeats as kind of probably a boring, bit stuffy, bit of a cliche maybe. But no, like genuinely from then it has become a, a friend and I've learned a bit more about it. And I can say it's more about that in a while, but... Um, mm. So that, yeah. I've what a moment. What yeah. a moment, Anthony. Yeah. I mean, I just want a little bit more of the scene. Were you in, were you, no, you're no. in the B&B, are you in the bedroom? Is there a view? But yeah, so we're in the, this B&B, a very kind of, not very modern B&B. So it's quite West Ireland, so on the edge of a place called Connemara, which is a beautiful part oh. of Ireland. I remember when we got out of the car, we packed just the thick smell of the Atlantic in the air. She's like, oh, yes, this is why I've come west. Um, but in the room, yeah, it was just a small, very basic room um, with the smallest ensuite toilet you could imagine. <laughs> and I think I was just lying on the bed, kind of just thinking, yeah, not really, not expecting what, you know, I'm just, I suppose I was feeling quite grateful that I was in a relationship with someone who appreciated something like this and offered. Mm. I thought, isn't this nice? Um, I think she was sitting up and I was kind of lying back, just kind of thinking, oh, this is nice and listening and then just, Internally, some you know, it's just some. It's really touched me on a very um. Yeah, and I just started crying. I was just like, whoa! I was like, what? It was. So I read it then a few times, and she was just kind of. She was a bit surprised. She was like, well, you know, you know, everyone kind of knows the AIDS. Like this. So I guess if I'd always been introduced to it, maybe it never would have had that impact. If it was, you know, if I had engaged in school, maybe. So I think for her it was a kind of obvious poem, if that makes yeah. sense. So she was a bit like. What's going on? Yeah. Um, and I was like, like, I'm not sure, but this poem is really speaking to me. And um, so I don't know if that sets the scene, but Let, in terms oh, of the totally view and stuff, does. right? Oh, I mean, what, what's really interesting is that you, you know, that you mentioned the the smell of the Atlantic, and yeah. you know, in some way, you were in you were in the nature of 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 the poem. You mentioned that, you know, when you smelled the Atlantic, you you said, oh yeah, this is what I've come for. So had you. Where had you been before? Have you, had you, what had made you want to go there and, and, yeah. and smell the Atlantic? Had you had a bit of a, a yearning to, to get it, out to the... 
Yeah, it's almost like what he's talking about, yeah. actually. And again, I can feel that feeling come up. It's like a homesickness, mm. I think. And like the West Coast of Ireland for me feels like a, like a spiritual kind of home and it's also a playful place. Like, you know, I've surfed there and I spent a lot of my summer holidays there. And so there's something for me, I just feel very connected to the place. And living, was I, I was living in Lancaster at the time and working in Manchester, I think. And so there's a lot, a lot of urban life, even though Lancaster's kind of rural. But just that Irish, that kind of Celtic energy, you know, I just, I, I just connect with that. On a, on a, and living away from Ireland now, I appreciate that much more. And I've since learned this is what Yeats's poem is actually about. He wrote it when he was living in London and he was really missing Ireland, which is fascinating that that, that unconsciously I possibly connected with that. Yeah. Um, so I think it was just like, yeah, West Coast just, just feels like a, the right place for me to be. <laughs> so does that kind of, I mean, to me that definitely explains the kind of extent of your emotional response yeah. in that moment in a way, and, and maybe on a level that you hadn't realised you were missing it that much, or? Yeah, uh, yeah, probably not, I think. Because it, it, at the same time it feels like the right thing to be in England, for now, but it doesn't mean I don't miss home. You know, both are true, I think. Yeah. Um, and I, I think, you know, again, I read a bit about Yeats's life since. And for him, he was in London for his own reasons and in his free, I'm assuming. I don't even know if it's a real place, to be honest. But if it, if it is, or it, the idea of it is certainly up, he's talking about the west coast of Ireland. Mm. So since that moment, that kind of amazing moment, did you kind of get a copy of it? Did you already have one? Did you, how has it been around for you since that moment? So yeah, afterwards I think, I, I suppose it was a bit of exhilaration and it actually as well. It was just like, I discovered Yates for the first time, 20 years maybe after I was first introduced to him. And um, I was like, wow, this, this this guy's a good poet. <laughs> <laughs> but, but not because Let I... Let me say, yeah. <laughs> I can actually bear witness. Yeah. I, this guy brought me to tears. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so there was initial exhilaration, kind of talking to, to my family a bit about it. And then I went and, um, yeah, you know, read it online a few times and then printed it off and transcribed it a few times. Oh, nice. Yeah, just to write, you know, just to write on my own hand and I carried around a handwritten copy for a while um, and there's a park near me it's like a, I suppose there's a, a call to nature very much what Yeats is, is talking about here so and in Manchester it's very urban and it's part of what I like about it, but it's part of what I struggled with and there's a park near at the end of the road where I go something just for a walk in the evenings and um, so I, I brought down the transcribed copy to the park sometimes I just read it aloud sometimes in the park um, as, yeah, so that's been quite a lovely experience and just helped me kind of feel into what it brings up it with new readings and... Great. Yeah, and just sitting there in the nature and I, think, like, I, don't, I had to actually Google what a linnet is. I hadn't a clue what a linnet is. <laughs> uh -huh. I assumed it was an insect maybe, but it's a small bird. But, um, mm. but being in the park amongst the nature and maybe watching sunsets um, or, or, you know, the glows in the sky and... Um, I can connect with a bit of this. Can I ask you, Tom, because you mentioned that you were sort of disengaged yeah. from mm. poetry in school, so what, 
how did you rediscover poetry? When did that happen? Ooh. That's a good question. I worked in construction for a good few years and um, after school and I know I used to, I, I, this isn't, well I suppose it's poetry in a sense, but things used to just come to me kind of like, almost like limericks and stuff. And it might, mightn't have been technically correct, but sometimes I used to just write them on, on like on the wall, like walls of the toilets on the construction site. They're usually covered in scrawl, all sorts of scrawls. Some of it's poetic, but maybe not repeatable. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> so sometimes I just used to just do that. Um, or just sometimes something would come to me, I'd just put it on paper, and that would be just it. And then, so there was something there. Mm. So, um, and it was kind of a, 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 a rhythm to them and yeah. stuff. Yeah. So there was that. And after that then, when I was about 25 maybe, there was a, an Irish poet still around, Brendan Kennelly, who my mum had been kind of interested in a bit. And I remember going to an event in Dublin. He was speaking at some event. And I, I was, I suppose I was, I, I said I was working in construction, but I was trying to get out of it. I think oh, I need to find something a bit more, for me anyway, intellectually stimulating. And um, I remember seeing in the college that I was thinking of going to, there was an evening event, and with Brendan Kennedy doing a reading. So I thought, okay, yeah, cool, rock along to that. And he read from some poems, and uh, one of his, some of his stuff, like it was really, um, again, it was quite, quite, you know, I was really like, oh, there's something to this. I wouldn't have been able to articulate it or technically explain why, but it felt like, I was like, this, this guy's, yeah, got something about it, his work. And I, I just thought, right, if these kind of respected guys are doing this, or this kind of respected person is doing this, there's something that gave me credence to, to validate that actually, oh, there's something to this. Maybe there's something to my little scrawls as well. Is there any um, particular phrases with it apart from that last line which is so astonishing uh, or images in it that you particularly like hmm one or two that kind of stand out I think I do something about the first line actually I will arise and go now I don't know it's almost like okay I'm, I'm ready to make the journey now or something I think just the way he's put it is yeah the Straight, almost straight away caught my attention. I was like, oh. Mm. Um, and yeah. that decision as well, that, that yeah. kind of... I wonder if that's also great for you because it gives you that feeling that you could do that at any time you want to. Yes, possibly, yeah. You know, okay, I'm stuck here because I'm on this mission to be here and there's lots yeah. of good things about it, but any second of any day that I choose, yeah. To go and smell the Atlantic. I, I'll i just go. Yeah. If I need to, I can just go, you know. Yeah, and I, the, the, I suppose choice, choice is there, that, that, yeah, as you said, yeah. decision. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people talk about it, don't they? Or one, one day I'd like to. Mm. But he, he's, he's doing it. He's, mm. Yes. He said, yeah. that's enough, I'm off. <laughs> yeah. And I, I suppose it's, I actually, I struggle, I don't like, I suppose, the line, live alone. Because like I do like solitude, but I wouldn't like to live alone. <laughs> That's the bit I I would want differently. Mm. You know, maybe <laughs> doesn't sound the same if you say live near a few people. But <laughs> 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 I love that. Doesn't scan quite so well, does it? No. <laughs> but I think I think peace comes dropping slow is another line because I think peace does come dropping slow sometimes. Mm. 
you know, peace, yeah, in my experience, I guess, yeah, peace does come dropping slow. Peace isn't, uh, isn't a fast process, peace coming. And um, depending on your situation, it requires work and efforts and patience and, yeah. but it does come dropping, dropping slow, I just think. I think it matches the experience. Yeah. This is probably a really cheap, <laughs> not gag, but I don't know. I just was really suddenly struck by you saying that you worked in construction because I've had a slight something comes down in between me and this poem with this small cabin build there of clay oh. and wattles made because I'm not so good with the, yeah. <laughs> you no, know, with the construction. That. Whereas for you, you know, this is going to be, you know, I'm going to make my... Uh, yeah. I don't know. I just wondered how that... that I think you've really tapped on something that I haven't realised. Like, I, <laughs> I have a kind of a, like a fantasy about building a shed, like, in, or in a place. Like, even... Like it is one of my. <laughs> how did I not make this link? But like I have, <laughs> like I would love. How did I not make? This? <laughs> like I would love go. to um, build a little place like that. How have I not made that? Link? I do not know. This is the joy of conversation, I guess. But mm, yeah, yeah, I, that is a real desire I have. Yeah, there's got to be some spot waiting for your cabin. Yeah, somewhere within the smell, smell of the Atlantic. Yeah. That's my, uh, that's my thought. Yeah, maybe, actually, yeah. There you go. And then, you know, then while you're having to do whatever it is you're doing here. Yes. You can know that your shed is ready for you. The Lake Isle of Innisfree. I will arise and go now, and go to Innisfree and a small cabin build there of clay and wattles made. Nine bean rows will I have, a hive for the honey bee, and live alone in the bee-loud glade. And I shall have some peace there, for peace comes dropping slow, dropping from the veils of the morning to where the cricket sings. There... Midnight's all a glimmer, and noon a purple glow, and evening full of the linnet's wings. I will arise and go now, for always, night and day, I hear lake water lapping with low sounds by the shore, while I stand on the roadway or on the pavement's grey. I hear it in the deep heart's core. Would you have a beehive? I went to a beekeeping talk recently. Did you? <laughs> 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 ah, there this we go. This is all just the unfolding. Did you have I actually did, yeah. That was Fiona Bennett with the reading at the end. Our thanks to Tom for allowing us to share this conversation with you and to the good people of home in Manchester for hosting us. So we're going to take a short summer break. We'll be back in September. Yes, for next month, we all need to recharge our own batteries. 
I'm going to find a Be Loud Glade to lie in and mm-hmm. hope that peace comes dropping slow. If you did want to listen to the other conversation that we've had uh, about the Lake Isle of Innisfree, you'll be able to find it in our archive. We must have about 25 episodes now. Yeah, there's an amazing collection now of poems and conversations. So if you are missing us over the summer, please feel free to look through those and enjoy them. If instead of heading to a Be Loud Glade, Michael, Mm -hmm. you were going to dip into the Poetry Exchange archive Mm -hmm. for a bit of downtime with a poem, Mm -hmm. which one would you take with you? There's a lot to choose from. My my mind is going to Return by Cavafy. I just remember that being just a fantastic conversation and a brilliant poem, as, as well as Love by George Herbert and the conversation we had with Andrew Scott. What would yours be, Faye? It would be the Derek Walcott episode from The Bounty. I mean, sometimes you can go to the sea and actually have that experience and sometimes a poem can take you there and that poem really does. Yeah, good, good call. So we hope you've enjoyed this month's episode and we'll be back in September. So until then, thank you for listening. <laughs>